I Brain Map by Rita McInnes. Chapter 20 Finishing I Brain Map with Airs. In this chapter, I draw in any loose threads in I Brain Map and highlight important points that are easily overlooked or forgotten. I discuss some specific issues that arise in association with integration for Jack and Mary. Create the conditions. Learning what works for you during activation takes time and practice, like learning any new skill. You're working with the brain's innate process of integration, and it's a fluid process, like surfing or swimming in currents and tides. An essential part of creating the right conditions for integration is to go gently, approach with kindness, as you would a frightened animal. Because activation happens so quickly, we need to get the brain involved. Because we can't override the lower brain via the big brain during activation, we need the whole brain to get involved for generalised integration to occur. Although I've said it before, it's important to remember that we can't do integration, but instead we create the conditions and reduce inhibitors so that the brain can integrate. It's more like gardening or surfing than producing a building from a plan. It also helps to find an embodied metaphor that makes sense to you, a visual and visceral map of the dynamic of activation into integration. Having a larger sense, like having a map, helps orient you when you feel lost in a dark tunnel or dumped by a wave. The more it's based on your unique experience, the more effective it's likely to be. Mary, what if we open a can of worms? I'm not sure I want to get into too much of this integration, Rita. What if I dig up all my old stinking skeletons and I can't bury them again? I don't want to live in a zombie movie. We're not suggesting that you make anything happen, like digging up the past. These techniques give you something to orient to during activation to help you move through the distress. But old things have been coming up. How do I stop that? Well, the brain will integrate whatever's necessary. We can't predict what it will do because your brain is unique, so your process of integration is also unique but we don't want to stop it. Your job is to keep moving through it and not get too caught up in it. Easier said than done. That's why it's good to have a map and some guide rails to grab hold of when you feel lost. In integration, it's as if the brain sifts and sorts through your old patterning to find what's no longer significant then packs it away in the basement rather than leaving it scattered around the bedroom floor so that you're constantly tripping over it. But can't I just do what I'm already doing? It all feels a bit overwhelming sometimes. Of course, if it's helpful, this is about whatever works for you. The only thing to be aware of is whether your response is perpetuating the activation cycle in the long run or giving the brain a different message that it can now switch off the alarm, put down the unhelpful response, because the danger has passed, allowing it to integrate. 
How will I know if it's helping or making it worse? If you start to feel like you have a bit more space as it happens, then you're probably getting some integration. But if you just feel stuck, it may be that your response is perpetuating the activation cycle. Yeah, it can be hard to distinguish in the beginning. Integration happens subtly and spontaneously from inside out. So often, you may not notice it in the beginning. That's why the best approach is experimental, curious, finding out what works for you. Go gradually. In the beginning, using the eye-brain map with airs may feel precarious. But as you practice the skills, you can begin to feel some sense of mastery, like learning to surf. One of the hardest things is to let go of old coping strategies that may have become misadaptive. They worked in the beginning. In fact, they were probably all you could do. It can feel hard to trust this new approach will work. And for a while, you might flip-flop between the old map of coping strategies and the new map, the eye-brain map. It's therefore important that you do this gradually and gently. As children learn to swim, the first step is paddling and learning to be less afraid of the water. And while they learn, they want their floaties on. But once they learn to swim, those floaties are going to get in the way of improving their swimming. Similarly. Map is intended to keep you afloat as you learn what works for you and grow your confidence. We don't want you to leap in from a high cliff. It's not a sink or swim program. In the beginning, that means doing what gives you comfort and soothes, yet also being willing to take small risks to try something new. We want to soothe the child brain, not freak it out, so you need to go gently to teach it that everything's okay. Eventually, you'll be able to swim out into deep water. Orientation to integration, not activation. Sometimes people think map causes activation, but they're usually just becoming more aware of how often they're activated or how often avoid-escape reactions are happening. As you begin making sense of activation in a different way, your avoid-escape strategies sometimes become transparent and you realise that they're no longer helpful. We don't want you to focus on activation. Just deal with it when it's arising. There's no need to go looking for it. The focus or orientation is on integration and moving towards the eye zone. Once you enter the eye zone, you have increasing choice about how and what you orient towards. Jack, naming and owning emotional experience. Katie reckons I slap around my inner child. Does that label inner child work for you, Jack? Mm, Not really. I've been calling it the big kid. Ted Brain works. Yes, Inner child doesn't work for everyone, but the reason I use child brain is to give you an embodied metaphor linked with the gesture of integration. Knowing it's neurobiological and that this is the way the brain develops and behaves bottom up gives you a different, sometimes softer orientation because functionally it's like a child. 
Maybe there's some softening happening towards Ted Brain, do you think? Mm, maybe. I'd still rather it left the building. Mm. It sounds like there are other shades of emotion creeping in, Jack. Rather than extremes of all or nothing, like anger or withdrawal, as your only options. Yeah, there hasn't been much on the emotional menu. Mostly anger, rage, fury or hitting the wall. That's often how emotions are experienced when there's been trauma because it's all driven by lower brain activation. It's like your system hasn't developed any experience, language or expression of softer or more complex emotions. You betcha. You sure didn't want to cry around Dad. He hated boys being sissies. He said a lot worse than that. He could see a chin trembling at a hundred paces. I'll give you something to cry about, boy, was a favourite. So emotions are like a tsunami coming at you. Yep, tsunami fits. I don't get a little bit angry. I get mad as hell. I try to stay away from anything that makes me mad. So it can feel unsafe to explore or even feel the range of emotions because your system reads emotions as dangerous and your early experience told you it was dangerous to experience and express softer emotions. Yep, emotions are dangerous, like rogue waves that tumble me and drag me out to sea. And you can't learn to surf when it's extreme. All you can do is run for cover. So you're either swimming for your life or keeping out of the water. Boy, no wonder I don't like getting wet. All that slippery emotional stuff makes me cringe. So, until you started having less extreme emotional reactions, especially anger, it hasn't felt safe to explore any emotions. Your system reads emotions as threatening because that's been your experience so far. But now that's changing and we're seeing some softening and more varied emotional responses, not just activation associated with threat alarm. And I've learnt that there are words for this stuff. I can give them a name. That helps somehow. Yeah. We could probably write a book on why naming emotions is helpful and why it's different to analysing emotions. But let's just say that in the principles of our brain map, naming acknowledges as you experience a feeling, which validates without going into the feeling. And naming flicks on other parts of the brain to name the feeling, making connections. And voila! Integration! Jack, from sink or swim to floating possibilities. Up until now, your brain's been in survival mode, Jack, with an armed burglar constantly casing the joint. There hasn't been room to notice any of this or to access other resources. Maybe it explains why sometimes I think I'm smart and clever and other times I'm an idiot. Just notice how you talk to yourself remembering that you were just trying to survive and the Ted part of your brain is like a frightened child. And we need to be gentle with a frightened Ted. Yes, yeah, thanks, Rita. Sounds good, but I have been an idiot sometimes. Sometimes it's good to do an audit of things past and then let it go. So you can turn towards the present to move forward. You did what you could to survive, Jack. That's all you had to work with. Mm, yeah, right. Notice that toughness, that unforgivingness. 
Notice that hardness towards yourself. Would you be willing to work with that? Jack draws in his breath between his teeth. Yeah, I don't know, Rita. That reaction against it is probably protection. Might be a way of keeping away from your vulnerability. Ouch! That hit the mark. Well, we don't need to go there just yet. What this has shown us is that part of you doesn't want to forgive yourself. Try all of me, Rita. There's a lot of resistance to self-forgiveness. To be honest, Rita, I hate all that crap. Sounds like the stuff Katie reads. Okay, let's use some other term. What if we just call it letting go? Letting go the past to free yourself to the future. Hmm, that could be a book title. I reckon Katie would buy it. But this is about you, Jack. Could we talk about letting go as a possibility or putting down that toughness and instead being curious? Mm, That sounds more likely, putting it down. Not doing it, but just floating it as an idea. Because this big kid was doing the best he could with what he had and mostly he was just surviving and trying to protect himself from the fear and pain of his father's brutality. Let me sleep on it. Well, sleeping on it's good, Jack. There's a lot of research to suggest that the brain integrates during sleep. But let's not rush it, because we're likely to hit that wall of resistance or defence that protects you. At some point, we might want to work with that through the body. It's like a protective skin. And we certainly don't want to rip it off, because it could leave you feeling raw and vulnerable. Hmm... I noticed your shoulders relaxing a little bit. Did you notice that? Nope. But I don't feel quite as tense as when I thought you wanted to work with that stuff. We don't want to do anything that you don't feel ready for, Jack. That's only likely to result in resistance or struggle. AKA activation. Yeah, that's the one. I just want to invite you to turn towards the idea of putting these reactions down and meeting them gently, whatever's there. We don't want to make it wrong. It's not wrong. It's just how your brain put up your defences to survive and protect you, to get you through. And now you don't need it anymore, that's all. Yeah, that's all. (laughs) Things to remember when applying iBrainMap and AIRS. If you're currently unsafe, you need the fight-flight system on. The iBrain map is about learning to switch it off when there's no current or immediate danger. One of the hardest things to learn is that this is all about integration and not trying to stop the activation. There needs to be some activation for integration to occur. It isn't helpful to get into a new struggle trying to control the symptoms of activation. Sometimes people get caught in the secondary activation of I gotta get it right using the iBrain map. This is like trying to assimilate iBrain map into existing maps or schemas instead of using it to catalyse integration as intended. If you find yourself getting into a struggle and trying to control symptoms, it would be better, 
Once you've named the activation, to ask yourself, what do I need right now? By asking this, you shift your attention to your internal need in a way that's active, not the passivity of overwhelm. Shifting your attention, intention or orientation changes the experience and changing the experience changes the brain. Think of iBrainMap as an experiment or a journey rather than a destination. Not because we don't know if it will work, but to reduce secondary activation of trying to get it right and focusing on outcomes, which is a top-down approach. Invite curiosity, which is a specific orientation and a good antidote to stuck attention or a brain knot. The most important question to ask is, what message am I giving the brain? Then ask whether this response will perpetuate or interrupt the activation cycle. A common pitfall is intellectualising the map in a top-down way. That can perpetuate a split-brain system. Instead of focusing on getting the right map or working it out intellectually, iBrainMap is intended to be used as a dynamic working map, like a field map that you scribble on and change when you see that it doesn't fit with the current context. It's continually being upgraded and changed to fit with current experience. The first step is to give your brain a whole brain map and then develop techniques that gently interrupt, reorient and soothe the brain. The techniques you develop need to be usable wherever you are because activation can occur anywhere, anytime and they need to be something you can initiate yourself. Being able to respond in an active way rather than feeling defeated tells the brain you have some choice. Active doesn't necessarily mean doing something. Remember that activation is a signal that the brain is trying to integrate something. Expect the unexpected. Approach with curiosity. Your experience of integration, like your experience of activation, is unique. Although there are some common principles that encourage brain integration, which are embedded in iBrainMap, how and what your brain integrates is up to you and your brain. As you create the ideal conditions to grow brain integration, the brain starts to mop up the spillage from old wrecks that still skulk in your psychological dungeons, only to emerge at some inopportune moment on a dark night or in the boss's office. Once you let the brain know that a body memory map is no longer dangerous or relevant, it can start the mopping up pulling out old fragments of maps, dusting them off and upgrading them to create a more useful map, one that includes all your resources and wisdom. Integration is not always an easy journey because you come face to face with the yellow-eyed wolf. It can make your heart quiver as every cell in your body screams, run! But you hold your hand, turning towards the wolf and see that you're in a child's game and there's nothing there, only your own hard breath of fear, and you breathe out and smile with relief, and then the tears come, 
All the uncried tears of a lifetime ooze out of you. All the grief that was dammed up behind your fear can rise up like flood water, drowning your resolve. You think you'll never stop crying. But then, through your tears, you hear something and look up. You hold your breath and listen. Was that music? You wait and listen, but there's only the wide silence of your own rough breath, and the tears keep coming. You look up, and there it is again. Is it chiming? You listen. Ah, yes, a karawong in the distance. And you stretch out your hearing, your lips soften into the hint of a smile, and your eyes leak more tears, but now they're different tears. Tears from some other place that you'd forgotten. Jack feels. Something weird happened, Rita. I cried. Do you want to tell me about it? Not really. But you wanted me to know that you cried. How is it significant for you? Well, apart from the obvious that I never cry, and I mean never, and that I'm telling you, that's significant. And Katie was with me. Big, huh? Yeah, that's big. Katie cuddled me and I cried like a baby. I couldn't stop it. I don't even know why I was crying. Nothing out of the ordinary happened. It was Saturday. We just had a day at home working around the house. I felt happy. It wasn't the big buzz of happy I can get when I achieve something, but I can't explain it. More peaceful? At home in yourself? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I can't explain it. But then I cried. It's not unusual for people to cry when the brain is integrating. But why? I feel happier than I've ever felt in my life. Well, a different happy, but I think this is happiness. And then I cry. Weird, huh? Sounds like integration to me. When you're afraid, you focus on the threat. But once your brain can put down the guns and resume peace, often the brain will process old pain, like it's trying to heal old wounds. And you can feel again a range of emotions, not just self-protection. It's like giving the child brain permission because it's safe to release whatever's there. And for many people, there's a lot of sorrow for what was lost or never was, for how hard it's been or what they longed for, regret. But this crying sounds like release and part of integration, a good crying, you could say. How was it for you to cry? Oh, it's not my favourite thing. It just felt weird, awkward, but... Katie was so gentle. I think that's why I kept crying. She just stroked my hair and cuddled me and let me cry. In the past, with her so close, I would have seen it as an opportunity. Well, you know, but this was different. I can't explain. So you allowed it to happen and trusted that it was okay. You didn't need to protect yourself from your deepest feelings. Okay, okay. I think that's enough talking about it. I'd like to talk about something else now. Okay, Jack. Something's changing, though, integrating. I think it's really profound, reaching out to Katie when you felt sad or vulnerable instead of pulling away. Yes, it's different. I don't know what to call this stuff. Integration doesn't seem a big enough word for it. 
That's fine. We don't need to analyse and label it. The feeling quality sounds more connected to body experience, a softening of reactions, softer emotions. Yes, like these feelings are mine. Your feelings belong to you, uh uh-huh. Yeah, they belong to me. But when I felt things before, it was like the tsunami, like activation or the beach in cold togs. Or when I felt good, it was like I was watching a movie. They weren't my feelings, but someone I was watching go through their routine. Disconnected? Yeah, disconnected. Can you describe this new feeling in your body? Well, it's lighter. I feel lighter. Uh Uh-huh. I still call it integration. That's why I call all of it integration, because sometimes it's indefinable. Yeah, well, if this is integration, I'd like more of it. Not the crying part, but the after part. Now I get why you didn't give me the lowdown on integration because this isn't what I expected. No. And if you had expected it, if I'd said you might cry and cry, you may have resisted. But we can't predict how each brain will integrate. It's a unique experience, different for everyone. If you said I'd be crying like a baby, I think I would have, I don't know what, but probably resisted. But this was okay, even though I can't explain it. Yeah, integration's hard to articulate sometimes. Hey, it's more like surfing than therapy because there are no words when you're out there riding the waves. Yeah, you're right, Jack. Just ride those waves, huh? And forget about the words or even the books on surfing. Yeah, just ride the waves. Sounds like a hell of a lot more fun than therapy. Developing the integration muscle. As you develop the integration muscle, you can ride the waves of integration. With eye brain map and airs as the ground or board with training wheels that give you direction and security until you can body surf unaided. As your capacity to move towards integration strengthens, you have more choice about how you respond to experience. Central to this increased capacity to choose is the ability to orient attention, especially the unique state of orientation at the heart of integration, the AND pathway. Instead of attention being hijacked by the lower brain through terror, you learn to orient in new ways based on the direct experience of moving through activation to integration. This choice starts from the bottom up and is based on your growing capacity to recognise activation as it arises and not become caught in its sticky web, no matter how it presents. This frees your attention so you can choose how you orient to an experience. Do you focus on the boss's behaviour, over which you have no control, or on your internal reactions to manage your distress until you can reconnect with your resources to decide how you want to respond. This process of brain integration isn't neat and often isn't nice. You'll fall off your board and get dumped by waves more times than you can count. But the only thing that matters is climbing back onto your board and riding the next wave and the next. It's this that tells the brain that everything's okay. It's just another wave, and you can handle it, even though you might be scared. Besides, you're tired of sitting on the beach and missing all the fun. The Many Faces of Integration 
Integration has many forms and many faces. Given the right conditions, the brain will do what it needs to do to remap the past. One common experience many people report is a feeling of space and freedom as the brain integrates. It's as if you've been living inside a brain-body-mind with many locked and barred rooms, and now you can open them. And not all of them have wolves and demons. Many have held precious parts of you that you'd lost or forgotten. Reclaiming these lost parts offers new ways to respond to what life holds in each moment. At the heart of this discovery or recovery is curiosity, because when it's safe, the brain is intensely curious and playful. Mary, finding the beautiful in herself. This dialogue takes place after Mary has described a recent experience of activation. Do you want to work with this through the body, Mary? Okay, let's do it. Mary closes her eyes and settles into the chair and sighs. (sighs) So just notice that, Mary. How is it to sink into the body, to sigh as you come into yourself? Mm Mm-hmm. Just noticing. Noticing whatever's there. What are you most aware of? Mm. The feeling in my chest. Can you describe it to me, the sensations? It's like a tight ball. How big is it? About the size of an apple. Uh Uh-huh. Does it have a texture or quality? Anything else about it? It's kind of dark and heavy. Is it like that all the way through? It's dark. Maybe a little movement in deeper? Just notice whatever's there, not trying to change it. Is it all right to move in closer and deeper inside it? Yeah, I can move in closer, but there seems to be something blocking. I can't see. It's too dark. And as you move in closer, curious, is there anything new you discover? Hmm. Ah, the block's dissolving. It's moving like a vibration. Now there's light coming in like it's alive. Can you describe the light to me? It's like the light after rain when the sun comes out. It sounds beautiful, Mary. It is. It's beautiful. So notice the beautiful inside you. Mm. Just notice that. Tears start rolling down Mary's face and almost hint of a smile on her lips. Hmm. 
I'm here if you want to speak any of this, Mary. I'll just stay here with you as you experience the beautiful in you. Long silence. It feels strange for someone to see this part of me. No one has seen that before. I don't even see it much. I see you, Mary. I see the beautiful in you. There's lots of beautiful colours, indigo and white, blue. It's lovely. Tears continue to trickle down Mary's face. I'm just here, Mary, if there's anything you want to share as you meet the beautiful in you. Silence. I don't have any words for this. More tears. No need for words if there are none, Mary. We can sit in silence with this. More silence. Anything you want to say before we start to come back to the room? Just that it reminds me of how it was to sit with Granny. Like she saw something beautiful and special in me. I still miss her. More tears. Yeah, your Granny saw the beautiful in you and met it, and now you miss her. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still feel her with me. It's not the same as climbing into her lap. I can still remember her funny smell and her funny white hair that would never sit down. Yes, she's still in your heart. There's still a connection to the love you had for your granny and the way you felt close to her. Remember this feeling. You can come back to this place in your body memory like a garden to rest in, a beautiful resting place. Yeah. Yeah, it's like resting. Okay, let yourself rest. Hmm, she feels close, like um, the feeling I always got when she was around. It's still there. I'd forgotten how this felt. Yes, let yourself feel it, Mary, that safe resting place in your body, remembering your granny. Resting into that. I feel so grateful that I had her in my life. She was, is like a precious gift. And you can connect into that feeling of peace and gratitude. It's still there in you. Notice how it feels in your body. How you hold this space inside, this resting place of gratitude in your body. Where do you notice it most, or is it a general feeling? It's sort of a softness. I can breathe. It's mainly here. Mary points to the lower abdomen. And my heart feels open, warm, like I'm accepted, loved, just as I am. 
Just notice that feeling and the tears, whatever's there. These are glad tears, like the coming home feeling you get when you've been gone a long time. And then you smell the smell of home. Mary cries quietly for a while and then opens her eyes. How do I keep this place with me? I don't want to lose it again. Well, the first important thing you've done is to remember it and how that memory of your beloved grandmother is embodied. Tagging the physiology will help your body remember and coming back to this place in the body, like watering a garden, can help sustain it. Yes, but as soon as I open my eyes, I can feel it leaving again. Yeah, that's why it's good to come back slowly to keep the thread alive. But the other thing you might want to consider is some kind of ritual. What sort of ritual? I'm not sure yet. What sorts of things remind you of your grandmother? Together we create a ritual for Mary to practice frequently to nourish and remember this feeling of love and gratitude associated with her grandmother. Ritual is a language of the lower brain, an action with feeling. Children create and enact rituals all the time in their play, like tagging something and giving it meaning, a remembering through the body's actions. A ritual can help consolidate a feeling, like a reenactment, especially something precious that we've lost, or to help let go of something painful and inexpressible that we've been unable to release. iBrainMap doesn't tell you where to go. By giving you whole brain understanding, iBrainMap provides a map you can use to travel to new territories in your brain-body-mind, rather than follow the old rutted pathways that take you back to the same old endings. It doesn't suggest where you should go, that's for you to decide. While many people, once they know how to make new tracks in their brain, go off happily on their adventures of integration, some people need some strategies for remembering happiness and gratitude and other experiences of well-being. This will be discussed in the next and final chapter. Personalised Map of Integration Hopefully by now you've developed an understanding of integration based on your experience. A personalised map of integration is like an upgrade in your computer system. It changes everything, refreshing what is useful and discarding what is outmoded. The system becomes congruent and works optimally. That's integration. And so... When you wake up with that old, familiar feeling of dread or defeat sitting on your chest in the morning, like a stinking blanket left in the dog kennel, and when you start scanning your life for potential causes for the feeling with a wholehearted, what's wrong with my life, and when you take out a magnifier to examine possible cracks in your relationships, health, finances, current job, asking yourself, why am I like this? What's wrong with me? Over and over. Perhaps instead you can experiment by orienting with curiosity to the experience in your head, chest or belly. 
It may be that your brain has been trying to integrate something in your sleep that left a residue of dread or defeat in your body as it tried to update the body memory map of when your teacher ridiculed you in third grade. Just in case, before you start to dissect everything that ever went wrong in your relationship, and before your partner has rolled over and said, good morning, my love, or grunted on their way to the bathroom, Why not give this experience some airs, invite in some curiosity, put a hand on your chest where it hurts and hold your heart in your hand like a small, frightened animal and see what happens next.